welcome to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to put a twist again. Yes, I like to do twist. And I'm doing a collaboration today with Travis Neal. And I'm excited because I need to know more about a couple of things. One, what what is the shrimp tank? Because that's something probably people don't know unless you're from Florida, then you probably heard about it. But for the rest of the (laughs) US, we need to know more about it and more about who Travis is. And that's something I'm very curious to know about it because um, I like something that I read uh, that you're the gatekeeper for a nationally syndicated high heart radio podcast with the Florida Athletic University College of Business. But you're doing more than that, actually, because for the previous conversation we had, that's why I invited you here on, um, on my podcast is to know more about who you are, what you're doing, and how do you help uh, businesses uh, in Florida as well. So welcome to my podcast. How are you doing, Travis, today? Thank you so much for having me, Emma, and thank you for the warm welcome. I'm doing great, and I'm happy to experience your beautiful world this morning. Well, <laughs> good. <laughs> it's always a good sign. So Explain to me, uh, uh, how did you get um, involved with the shrimp tank? And because it's in Boca Raton, but I'm a little bit curious to know about what led you to go and and be part of it. Uh, And there is more into it in our conversation. But if we could start with this, that would be great to explain people what is the shrimp tank. Absolutely. Well, the Shrimp Tank Boca Raton is, first of all, my podcast uh, where I'm the the director, um, producer. Um, We bring uh, the best and brightest entrepreneurs in South Florida uh, to the general public, show them the do's and don'ts of starting and running a successful business. So four years ago, when we started Shrimp Tank Boca, I was speaking with my uh, partner, who I believe you've also met, Jason Hill, uh, who just relocated to Florida, right? I had just uh, shifted into the career force full time at that time. And both of us came from the perspective of, hey, you know, we're we're both business owners, uh, you know, new to the South Florida business community. How can we get outside of the office? How can we add value to the local community um, and, and, and really find a way to, to meet um, and, and deliver some value to, to people? Um, and the first thing, of course, that, that came to mind was a podcast show, as they have been um, <clears throat> coming popular. Uh, and then, you know, the shrimp tank is, is something that started uh, in uh, one of our, our, our business friends over the years. Um, so it, it's actually in 14 cities now. Um, so when we started the shrimp tank Boca, uh, we were the, the sixth shrimp tank uh, out of 14 to, to really start start the brand. Uh, they all have slightly different structure. They're all independently owned and operated. Um, and, and we really had the idea to pitch the Florida Atlantic University uh, College of Business, uh, the idea of becoming involved um, with the podcast. So it's the street to my alma mater. 
spoke to the director of the Adams Center for Entrepreneurship, uh, the director of the Entrepreneurship College at the university, uh, and asked if they would be willing to, you know, donate an hour and a half of their time every week. Uh, we would really get all of the equipment, the branding, licensure, uh, and back office, um, but really just wanted to, to add some value to the university that was in our backyard. So they said yes. Long story, uh, over three and a half years later, we are 191 episodes in and still going each and every week. That's beautiful. That is awesome. So who is the originator of the shrimp tank? Who is the one who created the So the originator tank? of the shrimp tank Atlanta, which was the, the first uh, would be a Ted Jenkin. Uh, so he's a, a financial advisor. Um, okay. He uh, runs a, a financial services practice, Oxygen Financial, uh, as well as about 10 other entities. One is a, a mark to help small business owners. Um, yeah, and he's he's helped to bring that franchise uh, around the country. Oh, that's wonderful. So you you have your own business, like you mentioned to to us just a minute ago. So the, the, uh, what is the bridge between those two, between your podcast and your business? That's a great question. So my business help uh, business owners and families secure a better financial future uh, through protecting their wealth. Uh, and so one of the key uh, scenarios where I'm able to, to help out business owners is when they require uh, a plan put in place to protect their business through life insurance, whether it be a, a key employee, uh, two partners, more than two partners, uh, or whether they are you know, growing their business with a loan uh, and need to collateralize that uh, against an insurance plan. So uh, that would be you know, the most direct way where I am able to business owners behind the scenes um, from a direct business perspective. Uh, now, how that connects to the show, uh, I would say um, in full disclosure, I think that you know, for my business, the show has added a lot of credibility, uh, right? It, it, it gives me uh, a little bit more of a deeper connection uh, to business owners that I, I meet through my various markets and can say, hey, you know, I understand what it means to, you know, evaluate your, your bottom line, to go out and take a business loan, uh, you know, to have to go out and do your own recruiting, you know, wear 10 hats as a, a, a small business owner, and also, you know, show the, uh, the wealth of individuals that have, you know, coming in and out of our, our doors here, um, and really just connect to, to business owners that way. Uh, so we have helped, you know, some of our guests behind the scenes, um, but that was never really the intention. They are distinct entities and practices and uh, don't, don't often cross, you know, in direct business. Um, but certainly I would, I would say we see the fruits of, uh, of the show, you know, in the core business as well. So um, you have interviewed a lot of businesses. Have you created kind of um, repertoire or um, are you keeping track of the do's and don'ts from those businesses? Um, and you maybe have a blog, you talk about it, or how do we track it? How do you um, collect all of that information? Because I'm sure people are interested to know more. And if they don't have 
much the time they can listen to the uh, to your podcast, but they're like, okay, I would like to have something in writing that can help me. Have you ever thought about creating maybe a book or a collaborative book with all of the do's and don'ts that um, business owners have experienced? I have, and that's a wonderful proposition uh, of the many, many people I've spoken to uh, you know, over the years about the show. You're actually not the first um, to, to propose that idea. So yeah. I, I have thought about it, but maybe you're you're one of three in four years. You would think that's an obvious one, right? Where <laughs> that would be just uh, any, any, anyone could come to that conclusion. But no, it's a great, a great thought, um, a great idea. I do track, uh, of course, impactful statements, um, you know, uh, that I hear in a, in a physical book um, each of these business owners and I have thought about going back and of course using those uh, as a resource. Um, I do not have a, a, a blog at this time you know where that information is published. So I will say what we do at this time um, you know to sort of information deliver that to people who are looking to learn who maybe don't have 45 minutes to, or to an hour and 15 to, to listen to our uh, voices drone on so to speak so we uh, do broadcast the highlights of our show across social media so if you're connected to myself to Jason on yep. on LinkedIn that information's going out as well as uh, YouTube Instagram uh, there's there's some short bits and, and sound bites you know that go up uh, both live and and, and the week following uh, on our social media, uh, as well as a recap, you know, of all of the, the business owners uh, on the website. And then something we've also introduced uh, in the last year has been our Shrimp Bites segment, which are meant to be a bit shorter snack size uh, podcast shows where, you know, we are either interviewing businesses who have not been on the full show or business owners who wanted to give us an update a year later, two years later, three years later on how they've collaborated guests of the show or what their business has, has gone on and done, uh, you know, their Ooh, interview. This is nice. I like the fact that you get some follow-up with businesses, which I think it's a great thing for people to, uh, to know a bit more how the business evolved. I like that. I like the fact that I come back to you guys and give you updates. That is positive in my book. Of course. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, there's such a wealth of wisdom here, such mm -hmm. a wealth of information. Uh, you know, we can chat a little bit about how we met. And that's another way where we're able to give these business owners a platform to impart some of their knowledge. But, you know, they, they do come back and, uh, you know, share their message in an ongoing manner through social media, through those Shrimp Bite episodes where they come back on. Um, and, and there are many more ways that you just mentioned where, you know, there's probably some wisdom that we could consolidate into shorter episodes, blog articles, books, right? And, and any different number of snippets um, for the general public. Um, but another thing is that, you know, the Shrimp Tank, the goal really was primarily designed to provide value to the business owner, to provide value to the college of business that we partner with. Yeah. And so with that being said, you know, these business owners are getting to come in and, um, you know, really get PR from, like you mentioned, a nationally syndicated podcast, yeah. uh, you know, get SEO from going on to our landing page, combining their social media reach with ours, uh, being connected to a major university where maybe these professors are looking to plant some interns or offer them, 
you know, the opportunity to go and, and, and teach and give back at a, a major university, top 30 entrepreneurship school. Um, but then locally, you know, how we followed up with with these business owners and the value that they bring to the table as we really try to get them involved beyond just the podcast. So over the last four years, we've typically thrown on average two events per year where we'll have one private event just for our past guests. We show and had a shared experience as a business owner uh, to come out to a, a cocktail hour, uh, a panel attendance, whatever it may be, um, and really speak to other vetted guests that you know are in the same boat as you. Uh, and then another event during Global Entrepreneurship Week each November uh, that we've put on where we'll have 30 or 40 businesses come and exhibit their business, don't have to have been on the show before, uh, as well as, you know, three to 500 attendees or so come through and view all the exhibits, listen to some attractions up on stage during prime time, have a couple of drinks and, and otherwise come out and, you know, celebrate entrepreneurship together. So that's another way that we've allowed business owners to come and contribute and receive, um, you know, their value, um, not just the one day that they were on the show. So is it exclusively um, for Florida that you do your podcast or other company that might come to Florida could connect with you and do the podcast? How does you, the selection on bringing people uh, on board to do a podcast with you and episode works? Yeah, that's a great question, Emma. And it's something that is flexible. Um, but does have a, a guideline, right? So I will say that, you know, I believe right now we may be at three businesses uh, outside of Florida who have come and been featured on on the show. Um, you know, all three flew into Florida. Uh, that's our, our one requirement um, is that, you know, our, our show does deliver value in person. Uh, and so primarily they are coming into our studio, whether it's our office studio here in Boca Raton or our studio that since 2020 has been at the FAU College of Business. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, the, you know, those business owners typically had a, a connection um, at some form or fashion to South Florida, uh, you know, or, or, or to one of the hosts or myself. Um, but we, we did experience a time where, you know, we did about two months of episodes via Zoom. Um, we called those a, a different segment. What do we call those? Our fireside chats with the shrimp tank where, you know, we had business owners come on three or four business owners at a time. And we made sure to have one that had been on the full show and knew the format to come on yeah. the Zoom call before. Uh, not sure that, you know, the major disadvantage was the, the Zoom. I think it was really that you know, we get to highlight a, a guest story more when it's when it's sort of two on one uh, as our format is rather than than having so many business owners on one show. Uh, but you can definitely if you step in to the studio you know, you, you have the bright lights on you or you're, you're in the college of business setting. Um, you know, you can feel the, the atmosphere is a bit different in person. And well, we try to deliver that experience for, for every one of our guests that, that does come on the show uh, in person in Boca Raton. Okay. So if I'm from Florida, I have a business over there. Can I contact you uh, to be on your show or it's only for Boca Raton area? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that that was my my point being, you know, if you're willing to to come in and to, I, to come to, in town to mm -hmm. to do it in person, we're more than yeah. welcome to speak about, you know, if the show is a 
as a fit for you. Um, and if, you know, if our show is the fit to, to tell your story, um, yeah, not specifically restricted to, to South Florida. Um, but again, you know, those rules are, are, are bent, you know, by us. And, uh, you know, I think we've demonstrated that a lot of the value that we do deliver does go right back into South Florida. So most of our guests just naturally do have at least some sort of connection you know, they're out here more than, more than just once in a lifetime in South Florida is how it usually ends up working out. Yeah, that's what I wanted to make sure because we talked about people out this outside of state. And as you mentioned earlier, there is about there is what 11 uh, different shrimp tank across the US. So I just wanted to make sure that if I have a business in Florida and I'm interested to meet you, you know, I'm not from Buckon Rotonda, uh, Raton, that's Raton, that Raton. Um, then I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, connect with you and see if we could uh, do a show because that to me is given an opportunity as well, not only for South Florida, from but from every um, uh, city that might give you uh, in Florida to give them an opportunity to meet with you and being able to have a podcast and a great conversation and an interview with you. So. Yes, and that's been our perspective for the last four years, right? Um, but as as the as we move forward, you know, the world uh, has been pretty interconnected for for the last twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. But it just continues to be exponential how how integrated uh, things are across the country, across the world, right? So, I think there's more and more opportunities that come up each and every month to be connected to individuals in in remote locations. So how many interviews do you do normally per week or month with different business owners? So that's a great question. We actually do one episode per week. And I've spoken to many, many podcasters over the years. Uh, I've seen some who will, you know, stack uh, two, three, four, multiple, you know, recordings um, in one week uh, and then space them out over the course of you know, once a week, once every two weeks, uh, it does, you know, from a principle sound like a better time management strategy. And oftentimes I wonder as we, we take at least a half a day, you know, every single week to dedicate to the podcast. Um, but we really launch each show that we do the week after we record it. So we, we record one every week, uh, and launch the show the following week, uh, with the exception of, uh, you know, Christmas, New Year's, if those fall on holidays, we may double up. Um, the show does go straight up on, on our Facebook live, um, you know, live and, and stays there, uh, the day of the show. So I I have found, I'll, I'll say that, you know, many of those business owners that also run podcasts that I've spoken to, uh, you know, that record in advance, sometimes, even though they're, they're able to manage their time, (laughs) you know, a little bit better that week. Uh, I, I haven't seen them, you know, posting a show, uh, at, at the same time every week or every two weeks or every month, um, you know, even though they're, they're able to kind of double up and quote, use their time more wisely. Whereas, you know, we have, I, I believe, uh, you know, maybe missed three shows in four years. Nice. And, uh, you know, one of those has been because it fell on a new year. One of those was, of course, you know, in the early months before we knew how to respond when when COVID crises would come up and yeah. you know, someone on the team had that. But many, many more times has uh, a business owner, you know, emailed the night before or the morning of and say, hey, you know, we have a, our, our dog died. We're not able to attend your podcast show. And we we say, OK, guys, <laughs> who has someone today? The show must go on. Um, yeah. and we, we really reach out to someone who's close by um, and, and, and get it done. So. 
uh, each week, once a week. That's a challenging one, especially when you have to like this. <laughs> that, but I like what you're explaining right now because it's really showed the behind the scene uh, process of how you're working, guys. Because if somebody is unable to make it, then you're going to have to find somebody else's uh, to line up. And as you said, the show must go on. So that's a little bit more challenging at time. It is, and also rewarding, right? I mean, yeah. as a small business owner, you yourself understand, uh, yeah. you know, if you don't take yourself seriously, um, no one else will, right? So I think that consistency can spread to, to all aspects of, of life, um, you know, whether it's your fitness or whether it's your business, uh, you know, there's something about doing something every single year, every single month, every single week, every single day, whatever that particular task requires that, that repetition often does more than, than intensity ever could. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And you have to be consistent, especially when you do a podcast to deliver it. This is how, you know, uh, and you know that, and people who do podcasts or doing anything live, even on uh, social media, uh, have to, you know, have to be consistent if you want to have people listening to your podcast. You cannot just do once in a while when you feel like it. You need to build up your uh, followers. And especially when you're talking about interviewing business owners that can provide good insight for other individuals who want to start up their business or they're in the middle of, uh, you know, they're still small enough, but they're struggling being able to hear somebody talk about their journey and their inside, their do's and don'ts, uh, is really helpful. So have it on a consistent basis is a good way as well. It keeps it keeps everything um, on track and it keeps your followers as well. You want to make sure that people have good information at any given time. Absolutely. So. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, the question would be for you. So how do you, at the beginning, how, because you mentioned that you were, uh, you associated yourself with uh, that university, that college. The question would be how, from interviewing talk with those guys, how were you able to start to connect with the community and bring business owners to come to the podcast, to do those interviews? How did it all started? So is the, how do we get our guests? Is that essentially yeah, the question? Yeah, at the beginning. And now I'm sure now they know at you the a beginning, little bit more. But yes, at the beginning, great I'm question. Curious. And that's something that we try to ask all of our business owners as well when we ask them how they started their business, right? It's like, well, we don't, we don't necessarily want our, our younger uh, business owners with younger businesses to learn how you get your, your clients, your customers now, right? I'm sure you got that down. What were the first two years like? You know, what were the first 60 days, 90 days when yeah. you, you had no capital and you, you know, you risked it all on the board? So I certainly understand, you know, trying to look back from the beginning and, 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 and tell people. So I'll, I will, uh, you know, as some of our guests are, give us the fortunate opportunity to, to really tell us exactly what that's like. And, you know, others, uh, evade the question, keep the secret sauce. I'll spill it all on, on the table, of course. Uh, the, the two directors of the Entrepreneurship Center at, 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 at this university uh, have been well-connected with the university for a number of years. 
Um, so the, the director, uh, does research in, in family business, uh, and he, he has been the director for seven years at that school. Um, so that department has both, uh, entrepreneurship boot camps, one for veterans, one for non-veterans, okay. as well as a business plan competition where students who are, are seniors or, or graduate level students can enter in and receive uh, $20,000 of, of non-equity um, startup, you know, capital each year. Nice. Um, so through those programs, uh, you know, director uh, Roland Kidwell has, uh, you know, had some, a wheelhouse of, uh, of young businesses. Most of those did not pan out, of, of course, just uh, as the way uh, numbers and statistics go. Um, but of course, there were people to, to reach out to on his side. The assistant director, Dr. Kevin Cox, uh, has been with the school for even longer um, and is, in fact, also uh, an alumnus of the university. Uh, and he's actually the one who designed the curriculum for FAU's Entrepreneur Bootcamp. So he's been very involved in that side and also has ties to FAU Tech Runway, which is the university's venture capital arm uh, that offers an in-person incubator uh, where several young businesses, both FAU students and non-students, are able to really get a free space uh, as well as become you know, part of several courses that either go six months or a year long through that incubator space. And so there were both past and present you know, occupants of, uh, of that incubator that were able to come on the show. Uh, we're maybe talking about four or five episodes you know, between those two and the yeah. first 40 or 50. So the rest of the guests, it was myself uh, you know, going out on LinkedIn um, reaching out and saying, hey, I'm a new business owner uh, in this community. I see you're also a business owner in this community. I think we may have some synergies. I'd love to connect and hear about you know, what you currently need for your business right now and really just start uh, a conversation that way with, with strangers on, on social media rather than saying, hey, I've got the greatest idea for this next new podcast. Would you like to come on uh, and, and, and copy paste? It was more you know, trying to start relationships and, 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 and listen to people. The rest of our team going on my partner's LinkedIn account. Uh, so a lot of work really behind the scenes to, to reach out to loads and loads of people, of course, from the perspective of you know, first connect, then show your support, you know, talk about what they want to talk about, like and comment on their content. Uh, and then going out to, to different events in, in the community, right? West Palm Beach as uh, another hub that's, that's 30 minutes from our location uh, where there's a lot of business owner-centered events. Fort Lauderdale, you know, another hub of, of business owners about 30 minutes from, from Boca Raton. Uh, and then the Chamber of Commerce here, one of my yep. teammates, you know, mm-hmm. three years ago would go out to, to Chamber events and, you know, really just talk to 10, 15, you know, 30 people uh, in an evening. And just say, hey, you know, if you'd like to uh, to come on our show, speak to Travis for ten minutes. He'll t- he'll tell you what we're all about, and and if you you know we think you're a, a fit for our show, if if you think our show's a fit to tell your story, uh, and just from all of those uh, you know sort of actions came uh, a lot of different people who who were interested um, and thought it thought it was a great idea. Uh, and I will say those first 30, 40 episodes, you can go back and you can can listen to our host speak um, a little bit less polished than today, uh, as well as, you know, some of the guests. You may find some some heavy hitters from those first few episodes, as well as some businesses that were a little bit more nascent than, you know, the, the, the businesses that we typically feature today. Um, 
but yeah, that's transitioned into a lot of partnerships with PR firms, a lot of referrals from current guests and, uh, you know, individuals who are interested in, in sponsoring the show, who, who see the current reach of the, the show and want to get their name out there. Um, so it's definitely evolved how we got our guests, but that was the, how the early days sort of transpired. Yeah, I wanted to know because I'm curious to know when you start this kind of podcast and you really want to highlight those businesses, you have to find a way to approach them. And I think people need to understand it takes some work behind the scene to do that. It's not you're going to put something out there and just say, hey, come along, we're here. It's really to connect with people first in order for them to trust you to come and visit and see who you're all about. Because if you're brand new, don't expect they're going to know you at all. And that's, I think, is one thing that I'm glad you highlighted. So for anyone who want to do a podcast of this kind or want to, you know, do a franchise, the, the shrimp tank, then that's what it takes to do it. Yes. And as you mentioned, you know, many of your listeners likely have not heard of the shrimp tank. Uh, it's in 14 cities, but, uh, you know, we're by no means a, a top 50 uh, Apple entrepreneurship podcast, uh, you know, it's a bit by design, right? We all have different uh, tasks where we can allocate our time. And as I mentioned, you know, we, we primarily want our our value to, uh, you know, be local, whether that's, you know, locally, geographically, or locally to, you know, our circle of, of business owners, whether they extend, you know, to, to North Florida or to Minnesota, um, but of course, uh, yeah, in the, in the early days, you have to really provide value, um, you know, before you, you can expect to receive it. Our, our motto is, you know, give 10 times and, uh, you know, expect to receive one time back. And, and the receiving back is a good thing. Um, but I like the fact that you're highlighting local business owners in your area which I think is pretty powerful. So being the number one podcast show, well, good for whomever is number one, good for them. But you are, you are more tailored to your local community, which to me is more wealthy information because it's very easy to talk to people who, um, who are extremely successful and but they are from somewhere else to relate with them could be a little bit more uh, complicated especially when they don't know the community they don't face the same challenge so for me having business owners who have been there done that part of the community kind of bring a nice highlight of for others as well what they're gonna what they're facing or they might be facing if they decide to start their own business so to me it's more relatable than uh, if you ask somebody else's who's from somewhere else it's great to hear their stories but I feel it, there is a better connection with local people without that's a know. great point you bring up Emma when you talk about wealth versus riches or when you talk yeah. about cost versus value. Uh, you know, one of those is purely numerical and the other one can be assigned, you know, by the individual or, or by the group that's that's receiving that value. So mm -hmm. when you talk about, uh, you know, obviously, if someone is on a, a number one show, likely what they do works. Um, but as you mentioned, getting to interview someone in your network or getting to interview someone locally, you're able to really feel their story because they went through similar experiences, uh, right? It's someone who you can go out and then support their business moving forward. 
because they're they're down the street or you know you have a personal attachment from spending two hours with that individual or that person's team uh, and so I think it really does come back with with what you said and it that's to the audience right it's more relatable it's something where yeah if I'm you know listening to someone on uh, on the shark tank right I'm like oh well you know, that's, that's another story also, right? Because we, yep. we all know that what goes on behind the scenes on that show is not exactly how it transpires when they, when they trim it down. But, you know, if you hear someone on a, the, the number one podcast show, you're going to say, oh, that's great. You know, what can I pick personality traits, business traits that that person uses to, yep. uh, you know, really try and make myself a better person, better business owner. But if you hear someone in the office next door to you go on a podcast, you're going to say, wow, you know, if, if they could do that, uh, I, I can do that too. They're, they're right next door. They're talking to the same people that I talk to when I leave the office every day, whether it's 5 p.m. Or, or 10 p.m., you know, when I'm <laughs> yeah. going out of the office as a small business owner. Yes. And I think um, having small business owners talking about their challenges helps other small business owners from the same area to just relate because maybe the same challenges are exactly the same, but they're listening how they go about it can help them a lot too. So I think there is more, you can relate more um, with people from the community because they are living in your area and they see uh, things than you see as well. So to me, it's- Yes, and I'll be selfish for a moment there. And we've spoken about the value that <laughs> that provides with the, you know, the audience, but uh, it's been incredible for me, right? Uh, as I run a small business, you run a small business. That was one of the, the uh, you know, the things I thought about when we connected uh, about three weeks ago yeah. was that, you know, we both talked to small business owners and provide so much value to small business owners, but we also receive so much value back from these small business owners. And it's really been incredible for me to sit six foot away from, you know, uh, solopreneurs, from, you know, growth stage uh, tech companies to, you know, C-level executives and, you know, get the crash course on on, on what to do, what not to do. And, uh, you know, just going back to the relatable thing, a lot of the the points that these business owners try to drive home to our listeners is life is really simple, right? It's 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 things that we've pretty much all covered all of them on on this show uh, to this time already. It's you know be consistent, show up, right? That's the the biggest thing that <laughs> that these business owners are yeah. are saying is it if you just answer your phone when when your when your clients are calling, if you just show up when you 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 said you were going to show up and and do what you say you're going to do. And, you know, treat people right, you know, uh, listen to, to what they want before you start to try to, to offer a solution. Uh, it's a lot of things that could really just be applied to all aspects of life. And it, it's so encouraging to, to hear them firsthand in person. I feel like I've gotten, a, you know, an MBA uh, in entrepreneurship and, and, and even more. Um, just from these last three years. Well, I'm I'm sure you do because you have met so many different business owners with so many different view and point of view they have and the way they tackle life and their businesses. It's eye-opener. That's why I asked you if you had a book because I think do a compilation of everything, the do's and don'ts from different business owners, I think would be a great quote-unquote encyclopedia of do's and don'ts because it will help people to, you know, you start your business, you don't know where you're going. And I'm sorry to say, most of the time, you maybe you have the best service, you got the best product, 
but you don't know how to run your company because you don't have an MBA. And even if you think you get an MBA, there is a difference between being at school and learning an MBA and running your business, which is a different story because it's life. And a lot of people don't know how to run or create the foundation for their business. Because when you start in your garage and you're by yourself or you have your mom or your brother, your sister, your helper, your cousin, it's great. It's awesome. But when your business starts to grow, there is a lot of things you don't realize that should have been taken care of at the beginning. And now you're struggling or you're feeling like you're spending your time focusing on a business and not your family or spending time with your family because there's too much to do. Or you don't even know how to delegate to somebody else's or other business like accountant. You maybe need one and you don't do it at the beginning. There's other things that come along that it's a teaching moment. So it helps, I believe, to have like you have that podcast for other people to do not make those mistakes. Or if they are in a process of making the mistakes, like, oh, I'm hearing John here telling me, oh, he did this and that. I did not work, but he did this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen and I'm not, I'm going to avoid to make the same mistake. I'll go, you know, make it my life harder when I can make it easier. And that's such a great segue as well. And I have so many questions lingering, you know, about your business and how you help small business owners. Maybe we can chat, you know, after the show. Um, But also, you know, you mentioned taking this outside and and juggling all of all of the different tests that life throws at you. And, you know, that's something that I've found mindfulness to be a a great tool and, and, and helping with. Um, But, you know, I joked as we, we came on the show, you know, thank you for inviting me into your universe today. That that's your, your show, Emma's (laughs) universe. I think the last time I I said that to you, um, you know, you said, no, it's, it's our universe. And I know that, you know, you, you have a, a spiritual focus, um, and, and think about a lot of things, not just business, even though we typically spend more than 40 hours a week on it. So I would be happy if, if you wanted to direct that conversation into to other things that you find, you know, help you in, in your business outside of just daily practices for work. Well, you have to be mindful. Uh, for me, the practice of helping people is one thing that comes with my core value. Since I'm a kid, I've been an intuitive. So one thing most people, well, you don't know. I don't advertise much on this one, but I'm an intuitive. Well, on Wisdom, they do know that, a Wisdom app. But I'm an intuitive. Uh, so I see, hear, feel. So I use that. I always use that uh, ability wherever I went. And I realized very quickly when I was in corporate that a lot of people, even in corporate, big billion dollar company, you're looking at them and like, holy moly, they don't know how to run their, their, their companies well. What saves some of them were the sales, basically. What helped to gain them the money is the sales. But behind the organization, it's just been an unfolding disaster. And smaller companies are about the same way. The problem is with smaller companies, for me, it's like they have great product. You can see the product. And my intuitive side of me is like the universe is like, yes, that's a great product. That's a great service. But they don't know how to move it out of where they are because the business wants to grow. Companies want to grow. And they have a hard time because they don't know how or they have the wrong people in a leadership position or... Uh, they don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to convey their message. So there is a lot of things I've seen in smaller companies that could work better or medium or big one. And it doesn't happen. One of them that uh, a, a few years ago, I was hired actually full time. And when I walked in, 
the first thought I had, I said, okay, they said to me they were an $8 million company. And the universe and myself said, no, you should be a $50 million company. What is wrong with this? And I was curious, so I went in. And I realized very quickly, start from the top. So the person on the top, which was the president of the company, uh, had his own, per- you know, this is your company. This is where the way you think, the way you run it would be a reflection at the end of the day. The company is a reflection of yourself. But the person running the company wasn't open-minded to make any changes. So that company never grow at the end of the day. And that's quite sad when you see the possibility on the product that save life, that help people. It's like, oh my God, those are missed opportunities. And what I do in my business, because I help business to recover now from the COVID-19, recovering their uh, leads, what they lost on their leads, which AKA customers and uh, their revenue, I'm looking at, I see it, but at the end of the day, I will ask the person, are you coachable? Because if the person said yes, but they are not, I will not work with them for the simple reason that I'm, I don't want to waste my time and take somebody else's money if they don't want to make simple changes. And sometimes it's simple changes they have to make. Not We don't ask to change everything. It's just simple little changes that will help them to grow. And... You know, you have to be mindful. You have to see this. And a lot of companies are worthy. I've seen people who have great ideas and can start companies and will bring them to their life purpose. It's not all about making the money. Uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're going to make money if your product and your service is good. But it's how do you go about it as well? And the learning process. You know that you have a, you have a business. I have a business. Well, don't expect, well, unless something in the universe help a lot behind the scene, but it's going to take some time to grow your company organically and properly. And I'm looking at all of those companies and it can be a bakery, it can be a manufacturing company. It doesn't matter because I help all across those industries, but it's how uh, the, the, the person on the top is. Is that person really mindful or is somebody that you know, is all about the money, but don't care much about anything else. And to me, it makes a huge difference how you run your company. Well, I've heard you say a few key points. One is, of course, patience. Yeah. Um, the other is 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 coachability. Yes. Um, and then, you know, with the patience comes the willingness to put in the work. Uh, yes. A lot of people misunderstand the concept when we talk about things like receiving the the energy universe uh, it fails yeah. to uh, to to uh, remember the core point that you know you you're the one who puts that energy out there in in the first place so if you're putting you know 1 kilowatt of energy out maybe unlikely that you're going to receive a thousand kilowatts of of back of energy back in the direction that that you were expecting so let me ask you this was it intuitive the word that you said quote unquote is how you've used how you've guided your practice I do my, I'm an intuitive. So I'm somebody who sees intuitive. intuitive. Well, people, you can call it psychic. I don't use the word psychic uh, because the reason the word psychic has been so much used and abused that I don't use that word, but I'm an intuitive. I'm born born, since I'm little, I've been an intuitive. So it's part of who I am. 
but um, I helped people because I see accelerated things. I push things in a positive way when I see it's when I see people are willing to do it, and I will help people and companies to do that without a problem. But my key for me is essentially: is are you coachable? Are you somebody who's willing to make the? Because you know what? Even if you're a business owner. Even myself, if I need to modify and be adapt, I'm going to adapt because I don't have the full uh, science of everything. I can ask the universe all the time, but uh, the universe will bring me the people that I need. But I need to be open to receive. If I'm not open to hear and receive, then it's not going to work. Then it's going to stay stale. And that's not the game here. And I do the same with the business owner. When I talk with them, I will know right away if the person is coachable or not. But I'm going to ask them at the end of the day, you have to commit. If you have a company, you believe in your product, you believe in your services, you have to commit to it. You're married to it and you want it or not. (laughs) That's about it in my book. You have to commit. I commit to everything I have done in my life. And sometimes you don't know what's going to happen next, but you go in that journey. I call it as a student of life and you're learning. And the more you learn, the more opportunities going to open to you and the more, the better you're going to adapt your company and yourself. And you're going to continue to grow and mature your company, your business, your service wants to grow because it needs to go to people who need it. And that's the the game. The game is how can I be at service of others through my product, through my services? What can I do to help the community? Because it's an exchange at this point. People are going to want to hire for a service. So you're going to provide them a service. I have a problem. You've got the solution. I'm hiring you to resolve that issue. Or you buy the product to resolve it. Yes, I thought you said intuitive. I had a hunch. That's a major theme for you, but you have such a lovely accent. You're (laughs) Italian, but your accent is French. Did we say last time we spoke? It's Italian, French, mix of Portuguese, Spanish, and every other language I spoke. (laughs) It's like a cocktail. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, 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 An accent cocktail. I love it. Yes, Yes, and that's such a wonderful principle, isn't it? Uh, About the, the openness, needing to be open to receive you know, the opportunity yes. that's in front of you to help your, your clients. I mean, it just connotates that, you know, it's, 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 it's there. It's already yours. All, all you have to do is, is be willing, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's such a small, such a small price to pay, but I think naturally our, our minds are closed. And so it's, it's, it's very simple, but it's very, very difficult for us. Uh, and it ends up being that way for many people for, for all of their lives. So you mentioned that many successful business owners, um, you know, their sales or their marketing tactics may be what drove their business to their success, but a lot of that was intuitive for them. You know, they had maybe some natural talent or at least this natural ability to be perspective. Uh, perceptive uh, and open and, and respond to opportunities. So yes. my question for you is, Emma, do you tell your listeners that intuition is something that, you know, you're, you're either born with it or you're not, or is it something I, that you can actually, increase and grow your own intuition? Actually, you everybody is born with, our, uh, with intuition, with psychic capabilities. The only thing that makes us shut it down is our environment. It's where you grow up. So if people don't believe you, Uh, don't believe in the world of the universe, the magic, the intuition, the fact that you can 
you can see your gut feelings telling you something. The gut feeling is your, it's, it's aka your spirit. So if you're not somebody who has an open spirit and you're a child, then it will close off. But it doesn't mean it's closed off forever because there is what we call the awakening that will happen later on in your life. So if you're somebody who follow your instinct, I always said, if your instinct said no, or you have a doubt, don't do it and follow your instinct. Listen to your own, that little voice, not the loud one, because the loud one is your ego, but the little voice who's whispering in the back of your ears telling you, no, don't do that. Yes, do it. You know, if you start a business, and I'm sure you got the same way, because everybody I talked about it is the same thing. When you know you're meant to start a business and you have a service or a product, you know it's going to work. You can feel it deep in your core. It's like a calling. It's like nobody else can talk you out of it because you know deep inside of you, it's what you're meant to be doing. And And I know. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And the journey. And the challenge will be to bring it to fruition. That's your challenge. That's everybody else's challenge. To the get follow your through is the most important part of any activity, isn't it? Yeah. What do you Absolutely. What do you want yeah, to I was just going to say our, our, our show today has been fairly formal um, when it comes to podcasts these days. I think you and I would both agree that... Um, you know, we run our shows kind of unscripted. They flow better conversationally, but we've really talked about a lot of great business topics for your listeners today. So uh, I know you're interviewing me, but you mentioned this is a collaboration. I have another question for you. I know. That's um, why you turned you know, the table would... on me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just w- was wondering if you had a few moments to elaborate on, you know, Go some ahead. of the social audio that you've been able to 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 influence through. Uh, I know you've mentioned to me in the past that some of your talks on wisdom, you know, are a little bit less conventional, less formal. Um, and that's one platform, you know, where you excel. But yeah, what kind of conversations are you able to have with intuitive people um, you well, know, on that platform or others? Okay, so wisdom, it's, uh, that was an interesting thing. I'm very grateful of the universe on this one. Uh, I have a podcast. The podcast I've been doing has been for the past few years. And last uh, July, I was putting actually my podcast on iHeart, my Emma's Universe. It was what the 13 platform I um, I have my podcast because mine is from the host Potomatic. And I could not put actually, I don't know why the link for um, iHeart wasn't going. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it by myself. So I went into the iHeart platform, did it. And as I was doing this, I'm like, you know, university would be nice because I've been doing podcasts for quite some time by myself. And I said, I started to do collaboration in 2020. And like, I liked the co- collaboration and I started to do. I said, it would be nice to have a live show and have people coming as a guest, anybody. And I said, like, hi, heart, it would be nice to have a little station like that. And as I was having that conversation, I'm putting that podcast over there on a high heart. Two weeks after, I'm receiving an email from the concierge of wisdom. And I'm at the beginning, I'm reading it. I'm like, is that a joke or what? I'm like, it, make, it, must, be, it must be somebody mm-hmm. who's, you know, you never know when you receive emails like that, that we listen to your show. We are putting an app, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh-huh. Let's see if it's a joke or not. And I got some more information and I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds interesting. My assumption was yeah, because they treat it as a podcast that it will be like, oh, I will record more, more podcasts and I will be done, blah, blah, blah. So I was assuming I will go over there, drop my uh, 
my own episodes in there. And it was supposed to be happening in what, August? And they moved it until September. September, I went to uh, end of September. I finally received the beta test for wisdom. And I didn't touch it. It was on a Tuesday. I touched it on Thursdays. And that Thursday, and I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to do a a show, blah, 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 whatever. And I see the microphone. I'm like, okay, I'm going to record in there. Click on the microphone, do the tag, switch to go. And this is where I realized the word live. And crickets from Emma, nothing, no word, nothing. Two seconds, I shut down this. I'm like, I started to laugh for about 15, 20 minutes, almost, I'm going to say, pee on myself. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, universe? You're telling me I'm live? That's mean it is not <laughs> recorded. It's mean there is people who's going to come live and listen to it. So after I'm done laughing, scared to death, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not prepared for that. But the universe always tells you you're prepared even if you don't think so. So I had two options. One was I'm not going to talk anymore. I will never be a host on Wisdom, or two, pick up um, one of my blog and read it the first minute, uh, first minute, minute and a half, like I normally do with my regular podcast and start to talk, let the universe talk through me. So that's what I did. I went back and the first episode was Metamorphosis, actually. And I, I talked and people started to listen. This was only the beta phase. It wasn't yet open to everybody on uh, iTunes because it's only right now for Apple. It's coming soon. I don't know when they're going to release for Google Play, but they should be releasing it this month or something like that. So the following Tuesday, this is where the full release was. In the meantime, I met somebody, his name is Sammy, and uh, he had such a bad day. <laughs> it was a Friday, the following day. He was explaining his, he, was a, he wasn't funny, but I laughed so hard when I listened to him because he was like, oh my God, this is a, a, a day from hell. And I got as a host, uh, as a guest on his show. And for two hours, we talked. And at the end of the show, he was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is good. Then uh, again, on Sunday, got a hold of him. He got again another bad day. And at that time, we decided to create our own show called The Sea Show, which is the uh, Sammy and Emma show. And we started on Tuesday when they launched it live. So I started, we started The Sea Show. And I have, um, he has been busy lately for the past several months because he does music. Uh, so I'm the one on the sea show and I uh, host uh, what Sunday and Friday. Those are the two days I'm by myself talking and I got people coming as a guest. And on Tuesday night and Thursday, uh, I have Dr. Goodman. I'm doing a collaboration with Dr. Goodman about it's all about love, uh, connection, relationship, because he is, uh, this is his forte. So I move him out of retirement. I'm guilty for that. <laughs> So he's doing those show with me. And in the afternoon, uh, around lunchtime, I have one uh, still on wisdom where I talk about, let's talk about business. So I talked about um, lead generation website because people don't have the right website that will attract people to purchase from them. So I'm talking about this. I'm talking about sales, different kind of sales you can do for your business. So I'm giving some information for free for people who have their own business 
And if they are struggling to figure it out, you know, what doesn't work and show them how you can increase your sales, how you do your leads, how you can modify your website and example as well. So that's what I do on Wisdom. Uh, I'm pretty active over there and I love it because one thing that I realized as well uh, and probably like you did um, is communication. Communication is a skill set we all need to continue to learn. And for me, doing podcasts and now Wisdom Live, Wisdom has really helped me to to continue to, to elevate that communication level with people. So that's what I like to do. Absolutely. And we talked about access to information, right? Some people yes. don't have the, the luxury to, to spend yes. two hours with us. Sometimes uh, it's nice to be able to pop into a room you've been invited to, to really, you know, glean some wisdom. <laughs> no, I do. But intended uh, for, for yeah. someone just for, just for a few moments. So did you skip the, the whole clubhouse uh, oh. sort of? I did not. Well, let me say this. I didn't know Clubhouse existed, to be honest with you. Uh, I saw that straight on Wisdom because I got uh, uh, contacted by Wisdom directly. So that's why I end up there. Directly from the concierge. Yeah, I know. I thought it was a joke at the beginning. I'm like, my God, the concierge. I'm serious. And it was Mark, the concierge of Wisdom. I'm like, really? I say, is that a joke? Is it something that I hike somewhere? (laughs) Did I miss something? I'm like, you listen to me? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they wanted me to be a top mentor. So I'm a a top mentor over there. But um, Clubhouse, I discover afterwards I have not been there. I have my uh, password. I have everything, but I have to create a room, which I have not done yet. And I think the way to navigate Clubhouse is a little bit more uh, different and cumbersome than it is. Wisdom is very, very simple to to go in, listen, get your own show. Um, I think in order to do that on Clubhouse, you need to be connected with people and it's a little bit different. But I'm going to start Clubhouse because I want to link actually Wisdom with Clubhouse. So when I talk on Wisdom, then people on Clubhouse can know that and go to the room and listen to it. Well, there's certainly value there. I thought uh, I sensed that you had not not engaged as much on on that platform as you no. talked about you know hosting your your first room but of course there's a opportunity cost with everything so i'm well aware of the value of clubhouse it's been one of the driving forces to allow us to to push our our our, our latest uh value out of course which is how we met and and i've heard from other business owners as well on you know the value that they've been able to receive and and jump in and out of those rooms but we have so many other wonderful things that we have our hands in that that is one of the things I would say I spend fewer time on in my week and uh, makes me feel a little better inside when you say that it's uh, there are other things out there that are less complicated I've certainly sensed the the chaos jumping onto that platform with so many what are just a preponderance of quote-unquote experts Um, and uh, you know it's a wonderful opportunity um, 
for someone who is connected or is good at perceiving value and, and getting straight into the room that, you know, is the right room for them or for someone who has all the time in the world and can really, you know, spend their full time going through and meeting people and people and people until they find where they can add value. But for someone, uh, you know, like ourselves who has a, a limited schedule, uh, we have many things that we're doing. Uh, I've certainly found that there's also a potential to get in there and, and, and jump in with some, some experts who maybe have a little less credibility than the other moderators on stage are are uh, propping them up to be, or for some rooms that <laughs> yeah. you know really may be more more centered around entertainment, um, and, whereas and they're labeled business rooms. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. The difference as well on wisdom, it's a one-on-one, -on -one, meaning you don't have 20, 30, 100 moderator. The only person you got is you as a host and you had one guest. So everybody else is listened to it. And you have a timer when uh, me, I always put an hour. <laughs> Daryl, <who's, laughs> who made a comment last time, he said, you're bold because you're pushing the envelope. I'm like, yes, I don't want to push people for 10 minutes when, you know, in 10 minutes, you have to compact everything. It doesn't make a good conversation and you have to speed up for what you want to say. And for me, you can stay, you have, an, the clock is an hour. You choose that you can spend the hour with me or you can choose five minutes, but at least you don't have to feel you're rushing. So it's a nice way to do, um, for me, it's a nice, it's a more intimate setting. And I feel people in wisdom are way more mindful because there is mindfulness within there. We're supporting each other. There is no... Uh, bad uh, than I experienced since I started over there. I've never experienced any rudeness or anything like that. People are listening to you, hearing you out. And if they pop up, they will give you a nice word of wisdom, of encouragement. And that's why I appreciate over there. Clubhouse seems like a different beast on its own. And it's not as I will say intuitive to navigate than wisdom is. So if it's to make little too complicated. I'm like, do I really want to spend my time to figure out everything around? Or can you make it easier for people to go in? The value of time is so important. Yes. I like what you said earlier about a password. I have a password, I believe, for wisdom. So your invite to me is still three weeks pending uh, on that platform. So that being said, can you tell uh, you know, those of us who are, are still on the outside, what, what it's geared towards as far as if it really is just mindful conversations? Uh, is there a price where, you know, these are advice seekers purchasing your, your time, so to speak? No, is it more no, of a podcast atmosphere where two people, you know, plan this thing ahead of time and say, oh, I really want to have a conversation with this person at this time, just like a podcast? What, what, so, what, okay, it so, so wisdom is a free app. Um, you're, you can become a mentor and you get paid by coin every time you go and you talk uh, as a guest or as a, ho uh, as a host, but it's a free app. So anyone can come and join that app. Uh, but you have to, the, one of the rules is you have to be mindful. There is, there should not be no hatred, anything, you know, that you're full of rage and all of a sudden you go after everybody. That's not the point here. Otherwise you go to Clubhouse or somewhere else that makes you happy, but it's more mindful and supportive of people. Um, you can have any conversation. Like last night I hosted um, a show because I challenge people. 
<laughs> if you come on that show, by the way, Travis, yes. you will be challenged by me to start your own show. Everybody that comes and talk to me for the first time, I'm challenging everyone to start their own show, to start a conversation, who they are, what topic, whatever topics you want to talk about. It's not limited to mindfulness, spirituality, absolutely not. Uh, I do mine for the, let's talk about business during the afternoon. I'm the first one who actually started a session for teaching people because I'm like, we need this here. It's not, but you can have a conversation about God. You can have a conversation about your car. If you're a collector, any conversation you want to stop, people will come and listen to it and add to it and connect with you. So it's, it and they're is a, joining in live or they're booking yeah. this time in the future? You No, no, you join live if, uh, like I do with Dr. Goodman or other, like Ben, uh, Ben connected with me uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we talked on the phone and texted for him to come live last night. So I organized that because I, I even asked him, he asked me to go on his show tonight because it's his first show. And I offer him... Um, my space, meaning I go, I have a schedule so people can find me at a regular time and day over there. So it's a very, uh, I have a even, I even bought, um, uh, because it, the name is the Seashow. So I even bought the domain Seashow uh, and I created a website where you can listen to those shows. You can, uh, you look at, you can see the schedule when I'm live for which show. So that's what I do to keep it consistent. Otherwise, you don't have, you don't build up your audience. Uh, the people, you know, I have, I have people coming, uh, even if I plug in, you follow me. Every time I'm going live or I talked to a guest, then people will know where I'm at and they can follow me and listen to the chat. Then I'm as a guest or Just a host. Just to reiterate, one guest at a time can step into yes. your, your platform and, yes. and, and hold yes. a mindful conversation with you. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, that we, we talked, you know, a lot about the, the different advantages of, of social audio. And as you mentioned, you know, it's new to all of us still uh, yeah. at this time. So, um, you know, we connected over social audio uh, ourselves. Yes, uh, and, you want to and, talk about and, how? And that's, yeah, I would love to. That's something Please where do. we kind of sensed that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. I mean, we sensed the chaos of Clubhouse could really uh, be driven to add value uh, to people's time better by by pairing up intentional conversations, um, you, you know, where you say, hey, I'm placing value on this conversation. I'm cutting through all of the the weeds, all of the noise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this person wants to talk to this person one on one audio. What, how has your experience been on, on OWL so far? OWL is a great app. Um, it's amazing because you're able like we did, we're, you're able to go and talk to an expert uh, I think it's a great way, like Jason said, and I agree with him, it's like LinkedIn meet uh, MasterChef class. And it's an amazing app that was, that's going to help a lot of people. I feel that being connected with social media in this way of one-on-one -on -one and talk to somebody and connect with them for uh, inquiring about something, you got a problem, or you want to know a little bit more about a specific topic and that person can help you. It's great to have um, masters at your disposition. And 
the way it is done to me is amazing. It's better than anything else. I really like that app. Do you want to explain what OWL is for people? Well, uh, yeah, you don't have to, uh, to <laughs> thank you for the kind words, even though I, I am involved, of course, in the, the design team for the platform. But OWL essentially allows advice seekers to connect instantly on a one-on-one -on -one voice call with an expert in the field that they are seeking wisdom. Uh, it does so by putting the power of time in the hands of the advice giver or the OWL, meaning that they can only be called uh, while they are online and they get to set the time uh, that they are online as well as the cost for uh, a starting you know 10 minute call if someone is a leading expert in their field they're constantly getting bombarded on linkedin maybe they uh, are ma maximizing other platforms like masterclass or clarity or you know they are uh, you know feel they're not making the best utilization of their time you know on other platforms or they just want to be able to get back and and connect and make a difference in, in people's lives personally one on one they can really say yeah for 1 hour a day uh, you know, four hours uh, a month or, you know, once a year, hey, I'm, I'm going online for the next hour. You know, the next six people to call me will get 10 minutes of my time. Uh, and you can really filter through the app by, you know, the areas of expertise uh, that you, you, you'd like to seek wisdom in. Um, but I think, you know, as you mentioned, it, it does provide a way to cut out some of the, the white noise um, and really get down to the nitty gritty, the, the value, of course, of the, the experts time, but also the advice seekers time, right? Because if, yeah. if you, you really have something that's on your brain, where you're saying, I have this issue, I haven't been able to solve this issue for some time, you know, rather than spend the rest of my afternoon away from my work on Google, or, you know, waiting one week to book an experts time in, in the future, for, uh, you know, platforms that are uh, very prevalent out there. You know, I really just need an answer now. I need it from someone who's gone and done what I'm I'm looking to do before. So that's really the the idea behind Owl, and I'm I'm glad you're it's, able to to find a use for it amongst all of the other uh, platforms where you're delivering your value. Well, I do, and what I appreciate with Owl as well is the fact that as uh, as an expert. Uh, if you put your timers on, then you, you shut off the, uh, the app, then you receive the calls, which make it easier. But I appreciated the connection because to me, uh, this app should have existed well a long time ago, actually, and that would have helped more people. But we're going to be able to help people because most of the time you don't know where to find an expert and what kind of expert I, do you have, you know, that can answer those questions. What I like when I spoke with Jason is the way... Uh, the, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't want to say the filtering, but the way the selection is to be an expert uh, makes a difference as well because it's review. It's not like, oh, it's an app. I'm going to put myself in there, but I'm not an expert. No, you're being scrutinized and it's really based on the quality of the person has to bring to the table. So to me, it makes a huge difference because the people will be safe when you go in this, in this app and really know, okay, if I'm going here at ours, I know I'm gonna get an expert. I'm gonna look and scroll down because you see our pictures. 
So there is no robots or anything like that. You can see our profile and you see what we, we are um, bringing to the table. So if you want the right expert, then maybe you're going to look at business and you get two or three person. And you're like, well, I like that person right here. Let's see what that person does. Oh, that might be what I need. So I can connect with that person. But the, the guarantee in the back that it's not, oh, everybody can call themselves an expert no, there is uh, in the back some monitoring and stuff like that, that to me felt uh, extremely comfortable to just be part of this app because it's really looking at good quality people uh, that can really help others. So that makes a huge difference. Yes, and it's all about the, the value that you spoke about, the value of both niching down the expertise yeah. that you're looking for, as well as having vetted the expertise that it's it's real before they're allowed on the platform. And I'm still looking for the right, you mentioned a cross of two platforms. Now I believe I can use wisdom and say it's a cross of the, the LinkedIn application and the wisdom application, right? To seek expertise, but oh, also in a one-on-one uh... -on -one environment. I will say that masterclass chef, masterclass, because at this point, wisdom has the expert, but it's a little bit different. Uh, we don't have all of the expert in there, and anybody, anybody can be a mentor over there, which is a good thing. But I will say more masterclass because you really narrow it down to some really good skill set from people as well. For me, it will be a merge. It will be, a, it's a combination, it's a fusion between masterclass and LinkedIn all. Absolutely. And every analogy breaks down at, at, at some point, right? That's why there's these new opportunities to create yeah. new platforms. There's all something that they don't do, something that they do do. And my, is it different than life just five years ago, just 10 years ago, uh, 30 years ago? So, uh, yeah. you know, Emma, you've been in, in business over 20 years. In fact, I think yeah. you were in, in corporate almost 20 years. Uh, yeah. You told me as four. Do you ever miss the old days where business no, trust. was mostly face-to-face -face interaction? I mean, it's so much opportunity now, but it's also, uh, you know, it's overwhelming. All the different venues that we've talked about where you can exchange conversations with people. To be honest with you, I don't mind to be working on my own here and to connect with people that way. Some people need to be physically in front of people. I don't. I can do both, but I like my uh, bubble here where I live. And uh, for me... <laughs> I, you know, I, I could be in my uh, jammies. I could have my, my hair looks like uh, I had a bomb in my hair. It's like, oh my God, Emma, it doesn't matter. But for me, I don't mind to be working here at home. I love it, actually. I need to go more to Don't the, rupture the, my bubble. Yes, I love my right? bubbles. I, I don't know. Well, I, I've been too much in corporate. And here, it's a, I have a very positive home. And when you go yes. to corporate, the problem is you're going to interfere with some people and negativity that I don't want to deal with. Here, people can <laughs> be rude or whatever, like, yeah, that's fine with me, which they are not, thank God. But uh, when I'm on owl or on wisdom, but I don't have to deal with the negativity and feel like all sticky and like, oh my God, I don't like it. Or you get weird people or creepy people that surround you and like, I don't want to be next to that person. I don't feel comfortable. You're at home. So for me, it's a different way of communicating and it really push you to, like I said earlier, to really master communication skills. More than if I, I have to agree with you. 
on two areas there. That one that, of course, it does allow you to be more selective of your your time, be more yes. protective of your your energy, right? And two, yeah. you know, it does uh, force us really to develop new skills, new yes. ways of communication, new ways of maximizing our time with so many options available out there. Um, but I'll play devil's advocate and provide another perspective as well. <laughs> and that's just what you said, when you're out in a corporate environment, when you're in a physical location with individuals that you, you have to do business with, oftentimes you are put in uncomfortable situations right where you yep. uh you can't just shut off the the zoom camera or you know <laughs> nope. finish finish the finish the phone call say oh yeah. i'm sorry i have a hard stop in five minutes and then whew, i'm glad that person's off the phone right you have to really find a way to leave the room or get the job done so that you know you can can leave the room and i think that's a skill that a lot of uh you know the the new generation you have the luxury to say well i've mastered that side of the workforce and yeah. now I'm mastering this new side of, of the workforce with new challenges. But I think that's something that's going to be a struggle uh, for my generation as a zillennial uh, combination of Gen Z and, and, and millennials. I'm, yeah. I'm a cusper there uh, to, to date myself. But I, I, I think it's something where a lot of you know people in, in, in my age bracket really don't have those skill sets to be with other people's to be made to to feel uncomfortable and know how to react, you know, and protect yourself with with authority when someone says something yeah. or maybe they're trying to help you, maybe they're not trying to help you. And there's different ways to, you know, let people know that you you disagree with them while still respecting them, uh, you know, in an in-person way that I think is a, a skill that, that may be a lost skill. Um, maybe not, forward. maybe not. I think it's going to be a hybrid. It's going to start to become a hybrid when you spend uh, half of your time uh, at incorporate and half of your time at work at home, which I think it's, I did it many years ago and I really enjoy it because you will find more that you're more productive when you're at home than in corporate, but also having a break and working from home helps you to stay focused on what you're supposed to do and you don't have the chatter near you. And that's another thing too, because you don't want to hear the gossip and everything else. I never liked gossip. So for me, I always stay away of everything, but for me, it felt more sheltered here. So I love what I'm doing because I do it from my home. If I have to meet people, I don't have a problem with that, but I love my home environment because it's really nurturing and there is only positivity within this environment, and that helps a lot. Well, I mentioned I was playing devil's advocate. So I know I, you I think did. There is, a, there is a there is a lot of I think there is a lot of of value, and 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 it's more more opportunity yes. um, than the opposite to 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 learn how to adapt to this world that is ever changing, right? Oh, yes, we're changing and we're never going to go back to where we were before COVID. So that's I think people have uh, to understand that. And I think most people are starting to realize that and getting used to it, which is not been easy for a lot of people. For me, it was just like, hey, I'm fine. <laughs> I can be confined for six months in my house. I'm fine. I just go out with my dogs and we're fine. <laughs> so, well, on that topic, yes. what, 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 what kind of dogs do you have, Emma? I have a Chesapeake Bay mixed, uh, what is it, Sharpe, and it's uh, more on a smaller size uh, because they are both rescue. So their growth got altered uh, because they were in a very poor condition, both of them. And the other one is a Boxer Mix Lab Pointer. And people think she's a pit bull, which she is not. 
Uh, so that's, mm-hmm. a, again, it's another thing too. People don't recognize that, but she has the, she's black and white and got some of the marking that you see for Pitbull and people are assuming I'm like, no, she's not. She's a great uh, skill hunter, but she's not. She's stubborn too, but yeah, she's, they're good. Yes, they're the labs good. and the pointers. Yeah, oh, they definitely yeah. have those qualities. That's yes. so sweet. Well, talking about uh, virtual, working virtual, working remote, it's less important now more than ever where you are headquartered. Um, And with that being said, there's opportunity to stay where you are. There's opportunity to relocate um, because you you can work remote. So we chatted before and you asked me to speak a little bit about businesses that are moving um, to South Florida. Would you like to to speak a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Because we talked about it because of the weather. <laughs> the first talk we had, it was very cold. It's still cold here. But what, um, because you, it feels like you guys are looking to bring more people, more businesses into South Florida. Am I correct? Well, that was my first thought was the beautiful weather here in Florida today about this topic when you said, you know, you really have so many choices today to do what uh, suits your business best. So if, uh, you know, geographic location is not an issue, then I would highly recommend this place to move down to. So, of course, you know, I love helping small businesses. I really have a passion for the South Florida area. Um, So as, you know, businesses move here uh, and grow and I'm able to help them grow, of course, that that helps me and and helps them. Um, But we've also met, you know, other individuals along the way who are, you know, seeking to actively bring businesses uh, to South Florida as well. So starting with Boca Raton, which is where FAU uh, is located, which is where my office is located, um, you know, there are companies that continue to to relocate to Boca. Uh, in fact, uh, the Boca Raton City of Economic Development um, has a, a department that incentivizes businesses to move specifically to the Boca Raton area. Uh, in fact, based on the number of jobs that they're able to bring in uh, or the capital investment into the community, uh, the city's actually able to you know, offer economic incentives uh, to, to bring businesses in. Uh, and then they also have you know, different resources through the cities, uh, through uh, you know, consulting opportunities, uh, permitting, um, you know, professional networking, uh, and, and ceremonies hosted by the city to really welcome businesses into the town. So Jessica Del Vecchio is uh, the leader uh, over there at the, the economic development department. She can be reached at economic development at myboca.us if you're looking specifically to come to this city. Um, and, you know, we have the Boca Raton Innovation Campus here, which is a, a big center for business. It was the old IBM campus where the personal computer was founded, and it is now 5,000 tenant campus uh, with many, many different businesses right here in, in the heart of, of Boca Raton. But South Florida in general uh, is, is three counties, you know, Miami-Dade County, Broward yeah. County, and Palm Beach County, where, uh, where we're located. And, and it's becoming more and more of a, a center for business as, as uh, entrepreneurs, you know, come and, and make their way and bring their bring their headquarters here. Uh, Nova Southeastern University is sort of right in the middle in uh in Broward County and they have just renovated their center for innovation um just put about 
over $20 million into that location. Um, they've now brought in liaisons from seven different countries, including you know, Peru and the United Arab Emirates, where businesses who are going through that incubator are you know, connected with uh, political, uh, I'm sorry, um, municipal authorities across the world uh, to see how they can incorporate their, their business internationally, uh, as well as providing entrepreneurs some resources right there in the center of, of Tri-County. Uh, and then Miami, lastly, as well, has seen a pretty big shift of um, not only businesses, but specifically tech companies uh, moving from places like California, Silicon Valley, uh, and Chicago down to Miami, which historically the city has not traditionally been known for. So uh, Mayor Suarez uh, of Miami, you know, tweeted an individual who put on Twitter uh, about two years ago, let's move Silicon Valley to Miami. Uh, and now we have t-shirts with, with his tweet on it that says, how can I help? So that was uh, something that started a, a revolution. It got many impressions on, on that social media platform. Uh, and he ended up spending more time on, on Twitter than any politician in my personal viewpoint should. But <laughs> a lot of good things came of it. Ended up tweeting back and forth with Elon Musk. One morning, he, he, he spoke uh, at, a, at a TED Talk um, where he delivered you know, some of this information. But you know, since then, there's been a lot of tech companies that have moved to Miami as well. Um, and they're now starting to offer incentives and create a, a greater community um, you know, where, where business owners can come and bring tech solutions um, in Miami. So that's been interesting. In fact, that city specifically, Miami, uh, ended up uh, doubling their, their budget um, while, while reducing taxes uh, in just one year from uh, the beginning of, uh, the, the, from the end of 2020 to the end of, of 2021, um, just based on you know, the influx of, of businesses that really came into the area there. So uh, you know, not as renowned uh, traditionally as New York City, you know, certain cities in California, for, for the business atmosphere, but certainly trending more and more in, in that direction. You know, I would invite you, if you're looking to spend more time in that weather that, you know, you're familiar with, or <laughs> if any of your clients are looking yeah. to relocate it, yeah. I, I will put that plug in for the location, South Florida. Oh, that sounds good, actually. I like uh, Florida. I like the Keys. We talked about it, but I like Florida. I definitely will be looking into it uh, in the near future, seriously, because you know, I don't mind uh, spring here. Summer, it depends on the mosquito because the mosquitoes are pretty aggressive around here. But uh, when it comes down to winter, no, no, it's becoming too cold and too cold. And I just, I don't know, I come to a point, it's like, no, I want warmth. So I will definitely be looking for maybe do a hybrid, spend half the time here, half the time over there, but I will be looking probably something in the near future, definitely. I need some, a little bit more sun. and. Uh... I got three mosquito bites on the car ride into work today before I realized there was a mosquito trapped in my vehicle. So oh, maybe isn't it horrible? You will... <laughs> <laughs> maybe you will need to reserve those six months a year to, to retreat from the mosquitoes. <laughs> but doing winter There's time, always maybe. pluses and minuses, right? <laughs> yes, that's okay. If it's only one mosquito, I can deal with it. But here it depends on the aggressivity of the mosquitoes. But no, uh, that's, that's a great... Um, uh, information for people who are thinking, you know, if I need to relocate, if I want to, and, and know that 
the tech world, especially when we talk Silicon Valley, which is uh, California, knowing that their family moving some of their stuff out of over there because it's extremely expensive to live uh, in California. It's one of the highest state uh, to be living there and bring it to uh, Florida yes. is a good sign for the cost of living actually too. So that's a good thing in my view. Yes, that's good. absolutely, I, I agree. So, but that's, that is wonderful. Well, thank you for taking the time, you know, to out of your day. I know you're super busy that uh, you, you did uh, <laughs> with me this morning. You did not answer a question. We talk about dogs. I asked you, but you, you did not heard me. Oh, my fault. Do you have, no, no, it's all good. Don't worry. Do you have dogs? Do you have pets too? I had a chocolate Labrador retriever uh, growing up in my early youth. Uh, and then in my, my later youth, uh, I had a, a Vishla um, named Max, Grace and Max um, were, were, were my childhood dogs. Um, but I, I do not currently uh, have dogs. I am a dog lover, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I'd like to, uh, you know, follow Mayor Suarez's, um, you know, leadership as well as, um, you know, a, a community that any of your listeners, yourself included, can can join. Also called Upstream. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, that sounds good. Where, uh, you know, they they always ask uh, at the end of those thirty minute meetings, um, you know, that they host in a wide variety of of categories. If you're not on enough platforms already <laughs> to, to meet some <laughs> wonderful people. Um, but they always ask at the end of those meetings as well, you know, how can I help? So I, I would love to know, Emma, how can I help you? How can I help your listeners? Uh, I think I'm starting to see how I can can help connect you, of course, to some entrepreneurs who have had their their uh, you know business hit by COVID and need to really analyze how they can bring their lead flow back up. But how else can I help you, Emma? Well, I think you helped me a, a lot to understand. And I think it's the first conversation we've got. It probably will not be the last one, actually, because I would like to invite and invite you later on this year uh, for another uh, couple of hours uh, podcast with I'd me love to. to see where you are with everything, because uh, all will be fully launched at that time. So it would be nice to know in what other uh, ventures are you on. But I am very uh, honored and uh, to learn. And I'm sure my audience will be more than happy to have learned more about the shrimp tank because even though there is 14 somewhere else uh, in the US, this is something that- Focus the best. Exactly. And this is the one and that's probably why I only <laughs> learn about you guys. <laughs> but I love it. And I love the fact that you guys on the ground, um, inviting business owners, doing podcasts, um, businesses and helping the community. So to me, it's just a great way to stay connected with the community. And it's a beautiful way to continue for others who have not experienced, who are in the middle of experience some stuff that when people are, sp the speakers are uh, talking about, we can all relate. So for me, it's great. The only thing I would say to you from an intuitive point of view will be, you definitely need to create that uh, book, that uh, book with all of the do's and don't. They have been collecting for the past three to four years because that would be a plus. Consider it in the works. 
I'm serious. I'll Consider do a blog. it in the works. Oh, well, you know what? You know what you could do, actually, uh, to make it easier? Because I'm doing a book. Uh, I have a personal blog, and I uh, seven days a week I post stuff. And I started, actually, to do uh, the saga of the pops. So that's the story of my dogs. And every blog is going to be used for a book in the near future. So if you're not ready to do the book, I will highly recommend you start a blog and you picked up everything you have uh, collected over the past four years and start to publish it. So at the end, you just have to combine everything to make a book. Thank you for that admonition and thank you for so many more kind words just now, Emma. We are lifelong students, so the honor has been all mine today. Oh, it was, was a pleasure. From you so, as well. yeah. So, uh, how people can connect with you if they want to go to the, if they want to connect and know more about the owl, about the shrimp tank, or anything they would like to talk to you about, how can they connect with you? Absolutely. So, if uh, individuals want to get on the owl platform, it is in beta for another approximately two weeks. So, you can go to owl.com. That's O W W L L. Dot com uh, and sign up with your name and email as a request to join the beta. We'll invite you uh, the next day to join and be a part. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about the shrimp tank, you can go to shrimp tank pod, uh, shrimp tank uh, or you can go to shrimp tank Boca across all social media. You can also email me at Travis at shrimp tank or connect with me on LinkedIn. My last name is Neil in EAL. Fabulous. Thank you so much, uh, Travis. And I'm looking forward for our next um, episode in a few months. Likewise, Emma. Thank you so much. 